The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. And I'm Alex. We have another exciting episode for you today. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about some movie news that's come out in the last few days. Um, some good, some awesome, some... Hmm. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that. <clears throat> we have a full review of David Ayer's Fury, which is a movie that we've all wanted to see, and uh, finally get the chance to do it. But before that, we do have a couple pieces of feedback I think technically it was a movie that Nick really wanted to see, and, and we didn't care that much. Yes, but... Just, just to state for the record. We may or may not have been happy... The first half about. of that was very true. I was excited to see this one. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we might have liked it, maybe. <laughs> um, first, we got a couple pieces of feedback for you guys. Um, we're going to kick things off with a little piece from uh, Ethan T. About something that uh, Alex Alex holds very dear to his heart here. Um, He's a big fan of the podcast, really loves how we set ourselves apart from mo- other movie reviewers. Well, I, I didn't know that we did, but I feel really good about that. Yeah, we just have the least amount of qualifications. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what really sets us apart. <laughs> we don't, me, that's how I feel about me personally. We don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I was emailing to say thanks for including such in-depth show notes because I decided to undergo a bit of an improbable task. Avoiding all Star Wars 7 plot details, casting, and trailers. It's already been extremely difficult in the week that the 88 second teaser was released, so thanks for providing the proper timestamps for skipping ahead. You're very welcome. Thank you, Alex, for doing all that every week. You're welcome. Um, I was also curious as to your thoughts on the concept, the concept of not watching anything or looking up anything. Um, What movies, movie franchises, or directors do you think you would do this for? Once again, love the show. You all seem like such great friends. It's nice to hear the camaraderie every week. Thank you, Ethan. Thanks. You're a rock star. Um, Alex, I think it's pretty safe to say you do this for pretty much anything you're Every, Everybody knows my position on this man. I'd like to know how he's managing to not see any Star Wars. Does he just not go on the internet anymore? So let me know how you're, how you're doing that. No, that's, that's honestly fair. Like, it's really hard. I want Ethan to send us weekly updates on his success rating. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want to know when the straw breaks the camel's back. And he's just like, I... I'd like Could to give I'd like to give our listeners the Ethan update once a week. So yeah. Ethan, keep sending us in your update. What do you know about this movie? It's a great idea. Um, I don't. I think you guys should talk about it more so than me. Yeah, Nick. Any anything that you would like straight up or have straight up in the past said? Nope, not doing it. Not really. I um, think you're pretty good at like limiting yourself to like one trailer. If you're really, if it's, if it's something I'm really into, like I usually do the teasers. Yeah. Like Interstellar, I was like, give me the teaser. But I didn't watch any trailers. Just to wet the appetite. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too, too afraid of the Star Wars teaser. Totally happy I watched it. Um, that one's going to be a struggle. And any Batman Superman uh, footage teasers, mm-hmm. that's going to be near impossible for me to not click on. Um, but generally, I'm pretty disciplined with it. But it takes, it takes a pretty huge project for me to go. Ooh, I don't want to watch any marketing for that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I will say, in the past, the times that I have avoided it, I've been. Very glad that I did. So yeah. Um, for me, I mean, I, I like to spoil things for myself most of the time. <laughs> I'm just that guy who wants to know pretty much everything about the movie before it actually comes out. I don't know. I enjoy the eating up of the news and rumors and stuff as they trickle out as much as I actually enjoy the movie a lot of the time. It's I just that I like the build up to the experience because it just it just gets you so psyched for when you finally go in there. That being said, I've started to cut back a little bit on that. I don't watch TV spots anymore, um, unless they act, pop on TV while I'm watching yeah. TV, Ugh, which TV is rare. But I don't watch those anymore because I just, I, 
I mean, after TV Spot 27, haven't we shown enough? You know what I mean? It's gotten yeah. to, like, the 20s now, where, like, they yeah. just put out... Ugh, it's insane. So I avoid those. Um, and I will say that generally when I when I avoid... Um, or when I unintentionally avoid stuff, like with this week's movie, I find myself a lot more, obviously, on edge because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, so I think it's something that... that I think it's a, a darn noble, especially with Star Wars very noble uh, quest to embark on so yeah it's just really stupidly hard like it yeah it's impossible to see nothing so Ethan if you have any tips please yeah by all means cinnamon um, our second piece of feedback is from uh, our, our friend of the show Mr. David Steele um, David says first of all happy belated birthday to Nick um, thanks David I agree with Willie that Dave Chen is coming from a critic's mindset. I like the Slash Filmcast, but one of the thing, one of the best things about your podcast is that it feels like just a conversation with my buddies. On a separate note, well, yeah, we should say the, da- the David Chen comment was to our Birdman review last week. So yeah, yeah. If you haven't checked that out, check it out. You'll understand what we're talking about here. Um, on a separate note, impossible food for thought. I just watched the Grand Budapest Hotel and enjoyed it. It was my first whole Wes Anderson viewing. Thanks in no small part to your recommends. I tried to watch The Royal Tenenbaums when it first came out on DVD when I was about 12. I knew Ben Stiller was in it, and I thought, hey, I like Zoolander. I didn't really get it, get it, and it kind of put me off on his movies for a long time. I am now thinking about getting Moonrise Kingdom and Fantastic Mr. Fox, as these are the cheapest of his movies, um, the others being Criterion Blu-rays. Have you guys ever had a similar situation where you had a bias against a director, actor, or genre, and later reconsidered thanks to someone else? Sorry for the long message, and keep up the good work, Mr. David Steele. Um, Nick, let's start with you. Anything come to mind in terms of, uh, having kind of a... Reconsideration. Yeah, yeah. I know one. <laughs> well, for me, most of them go the opposite way. There are people that I once liked that, <laughs> in, due to their own, you know, choices, make me not like them. And I don't, I, I, it, it's interesting to me, and probably only me, because... I think it's partially a byproduct of me getting older and my tastes changing, but also my time being more limited. So I kind of get the, the, the vision kind of hones in a little bit on certain things and I can't afford to just watch everything anymore. Cause back in the day I'd be like, eh, I'm not wild about that guy, but what the hell I watch a movie. There's a, there's like a huge list of people that I used to just love. And now I'm like, mm, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, part of it I think is due to the oversaturation of certain people. But um, I can think of a few though that I did that I did not like before, and then they they started to get better and do better work. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was young, young, I was super duper dismissive of Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, whatever. And I think it was largely because of like Titanic. Yep. And I was jealous all the girls in my class were in love with him. Yep. And I was like, whatever. Screw that guy. Yep. <laughs> he can't even live at the end of the movie. Spoilers <laughs> for Titanic. And <laughs> then as I got a little bit older, I think when I got. When I got into my teens, I saw Wilton and Gilbert Grape, and I was like, whoa. And then uh, shortly thereafter, he started making, like, really good stuff, and, you know, the, the rest of the story writes itself. He's one of the best, I think, working actors out there. And the other one more recently is McConaughey, yeah. who had, I used to be like, okay, surfer dude, which was the original uh, meeting of McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, by the way. They were co-stars in Surfer Dude, and then they went on to be co-stars. <laughs> Beautiful. Obviously, the, the wonderful true detective. But I, what's the one you were thinking of? I was thinking of my boy, Francis Lawrence, oh. <laughs> and Constantine. Yeah. That took a while. 
that yeah and even then I don't I still don't really like him <laughs> he's made he's made one movie that I think is like really good and that, and that's Hunger Games Part 2 mm-hmm. I Am Legend is two thirds of a great movie yep. mm-hmm. and Constantine is is weirdly likable given enough time like and, or and, watching and, and watched on Blu-ray <laughs> I think is a big thing because it's visually it's really interesting yeah yeah that's a good one I wouldn't even think I wouldn't have thought of that yeah that's funny Alex, uh, I I already messaged back to David, but I'll share with everybody. I had the exact same experience with Wes Anderson. I was too young when I saw the Royal Tenenbaums because I caught it on like DVD when it came out on, uh, and then I rented it. My parents rented it and I watched it. I was like, I don't understand any of this. I'm gonna leave and go play a video game. And then I saw the Life Aquatic and was like, Whoa, Who okay, is this man? yeah, I need to know more. So in that, and I want and I recommended to him, you know. Fantastic Mr. Fox is good. Moonrise Kingdom's okay. Try to get to the other stuff first because those are like those are like core. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I don't know if I have too many that I've kind of reconsidered in terms of movies. But if I think of something, I'll report back. What about you, Willie? Um, you know, the the first thing I think of is Fast and the Furious. I was literally just going to say it. It just sprung uh, in my head. I, can thank, I got a lecture about that from my girlfriend the other night. I can thank uh, Tim for that. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's all there is to say. You guys, you guys know our feelings, I think, on the Fast and Furious franchise and kind of where they were and where they are now. And, and Tim's Tim's definitely a, a cause of this. Integral role. Huge, huge part of this. Um, and then don't forget, you guys can leave us feedback. that We can, uh, we can talk about your thoughts. Um, on the podcast, our thoughts on your thoughts. Um, you can email us feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Uh, you can call us at 248-733-5MFN, which is 248-733-5636. Uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Also on Twitter at MFN Podcast. You can find us on Instagram there as well. And uh, Midwest, midwestfilmnerds.com has all of our past episodes and show notes, so be sure to check those out. Um, let's move into the news roundup, boys. Uh, let's kick things off with one of our favorite films of the year, uh, Transformers 4. <laughs> um, I think we've, we've dropped this movie, references to this movie once or twice. I don't think it was on Birdman, though. I think yeah, we saved think... ourselves a, 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 just a jab at Transformers. Yeah, We're starting you, to get past it. You let us know. The movie did, the movie did it on its own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. But anyway, uh, yeah, we did um, we did bring up uh, Bumblebee probably. But, we did. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so. It, once again, it, it, it Transformers slipped in. It slipped in there. <laughs> um, not this episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, every year the big studios get together and start pitching their their movies for Oscar contention. Oh. And um, believe it or not, Paramount decided to throw out a bid for Transformers Four. As Best Picture. All the technical awards, yes, but Best Picture as well. Best Director, Michael Bay. Best Original Screenplay. Or Best Adapted Screenplay. This really happened. Is there an actor? No, no actor. No. (laughs) Kate Yeager. The rest of them, I believe, are all technical noms, which this, the series has has had before. They've gotten, they've gotten them, yeah. Um... I don't even know what we say about it. There's not much to say. I think it's hilarious. Why would they waste the money on it? I think it's hilarious. That's my question. Do they, do they honestly think they could ever stand a chance? Is there any reason? Like, it's I I don't know. The thing is, they they also I think Paramount's two other movies they put up there for for Oscar stuff were uh, Noah and Interstellar. Those are the three movies that they they pitched stuff out for. I can wow. see the other two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just un, un and we thought Sony didn't have it together. 
Um, uh, Sony still doesn't have it together. But. No, but all right. Well, good luck, Paramount, on yeah. your uh, quest to make that. You're, you're definitely a shoe in for the MTV Movie Award. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Best yep. actor, Mark Wahlberg. You got this. Best on screen kiss. Mark Wahlberg and daughter in movie. No, no, that didn't happen. But <laughs> that kiss, what? <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Am I? You guys have both seen it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're. You're. Is it out on Blu-ray? Yeah. Yeah. You're seriously not missing out on it. It's abysmal. Talk and talk about not having enough time. <laughs> Listen, guys, it's getting the best picture run. I gotta see it. <laughs> gotta check out all those. Uh, it it with, might be one of the ten. It might. That's <laughs> true. They do need ten. So, dude, it, oh, that that will destroy all credibility. Of the, I, I, I never mind. I'm it, that'll not. That'll never happen. They um, they left inside Lewin Davis off of ten, and they just gave nine last year. So I don't think they would ever put. What if they did? Oh, I. I, I think the Oscar, I think awards are dumb anyway. Yeah. But if this happens, that would just totally seal the deal. New anyway. levels of dumb. We can we can move on. All right. Anyway, now oh, that's over. Um, we've had <laughs> we've had a departure from the upcoming Star Trek three. Let's uh, let's all pour one out for Bob Orsi. Um, screenwriter I'm, of Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> he might as well be. I'm, he's, he's probably he's probably he's really, dead. He's in a dark place right now. I'm I think sure. he's just taking the time. He 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 probably felt that he needed to step away to give Power Rangers the real gravitas that it needs. Is he doing Power Rangers? I think he was writing it at least. Or <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. You know, I, I we've talked about Orsi before, and um, if you want to hear a lot about our thoughts in terms of him as a screenwriter. You can listen to our Star Trek Into Darkness review. This is true. I personally, um, knowing how big of a Star Trek fan he is, uh, I know he's, he's been very outspoken about that before. Um, I'm hoping that he's in a very dark place right now and that we get a, a documentary film about his time post-Star Trek Three called Orsi Into Darkness. <laughs> nice. Just throwing it out there. If, if, if you're listening... Uh, you know, we, we, we know talented people, some of which are sitting at this table. We will make this documentary happen. <laughs> we really want to get into the brain of, of Bob Orsi. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is good, probably. I mean, that's... that's and I, I don't... It's good. I don't know if it's going to rescue Star Trek from the, the disgustingness that Into Darkness kind of left it in. I think it's... <sighs> Spoiler alert for Star Trek Into Darkness, but I don't think you can cure curing death. Yeah, yeah it's going to be kind of hard to make. How do you go ever, on. ever create suspense again? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, ever. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's. We'll see. I think it depends on who takes the reins. Um, I know that obviously people are throwing names out there. I've heard Edgar Wright thrown out there, which would be interesting. Um, but I don't know if. Pardon me, breaking news, two months ago, Star Trek Three causes Roberto Orsi to leave Power Rangers reboot, so never mind. Oh man, we really need to make Orsi into darkness now. <laughs> now he has, he has no franchise. <laughs> Alright. Uh, it's, it's, it's for the best for the movie, but I'm really disappointed. I wanted to see this. <laughs> you wanted to see the train, I wanted right? to see this flaming train made of shit. <laughs> just on fire, just screaming and crashing endlessly until the end of time. Oh my goodness! Because because I wanted the franchise to die and be rebooted. Like I love the cast from Star Trek 09. I don't like the cast from Star Trek 13 or whatever year it came out because they're just they're not written as well and they're underutilized and it's just a kind of a bad movie. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I think there's a big possibility that they could step back from this and be like, we need to do something else. Well, who's who's 
Which studio is this? Paramount? This is Paramount. Okay. And Edgar Wright is supposedly rumored to, to direct. God, that would be a bummer. Because Cornish is probably writing. Hmm. Simon Pegg is now the lead. It's just the adventures of Scotty. Kirk and Spock get killed in the opening sequence. Yeah, Nick Frost just plays a red shirt that lives the whole time. They just just recast Anton Yelkin with Nick Frost and don't explain it. Yeah. That'd be even better. Uh, Anyway, so that's that. Uh, Good luck to URC. Um, And good luck to Paramount once again. Man, they're making making the headlines tonight. Um, Legendary Japanese studio Toho, creators of the Godzilla franchise have just announced they are making a new Godzilla film, not related to this year's Godzilla. Um, Whichever Gareth directed it. The, the Gareth that directed it will not be involved in this. His movie's coming out in 2018. Mm-hmm. This one's coming out in 2016, Jesus. and it will be a, a new uh, Toho Godzilla, the first in the series for Toho since uh, Godzilla Final Wars, which was back in 2004. So they've, they've been dormant for a long time. Um, now, in typical Toho tradition, they once every era they call them. They usually let Godzilla movies die out for for five to ten years, and then they'll bring back and there'll be a new era of Godzilla with a new Godzilla and a new storyline. I'm just curious as to what you guys think about the fact that we're going to be getting American Godzillas and Japanese Godzilla movies concurrently. So we could essentially, potentially, if these do both do well, we could get a new Godzilla movie every two years, just in different series from different countries. So, I'm just curious. I don't know. Is this overly confusing? Do you think it's really stupid? Do you think it's awesome? I mean, I think it's kind of... It's, this probably would have happened if Godzilla 98 was more popular, you know? Yeah. We would have gotten another Godzilla movie, and there would have been Toho movies coming out anyway, because those came out a little more rapidly anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's confusing, I think Godzilla, like any Godzilla fans, are they know full well what they're getting between an American Godzilla and a Toho Godzilla. Sure. So I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad. I think you know. Go ahead. I'm I'm curious. I remember I, I read this story and, and immediately popped in the group text to to notify Willie. But I remember reading that they like some quote that they haven't decided whether or not they'd be bringing back the rubber suit or they would be using CG. I personally, oh I would, God. I would be disappointed if it wasn't the rubber suit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, to me, I think that they could. Um, it's always, yeah. It needs to be a guy in a rubber suit. I don't want to see a low budget CG Godzilla. Let's be honest, they can't afford legendary pictures level Godzilla CG. So, do is do a man in a suit, please. I would, I would adore this movie <laughs> just to see legit kaiju. You know, dudes in suits just smacking each other around in yeah. the toy buildings. I don't know. I'm excited. Nick? Guy in suit is probably the way to go. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm weirdly unexcited for this, though. Yeah. I, I, not even unexcited, just don't care. And it, <laughs> I'll just play... This calls to mind one of my favorite clips from Futurama. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. Perfect. The delegate from the neutral planet. <laughs> Amazing. He's my spokesman on this <laughs> Amazing. It, it's re- it's really weird. It's I'm I'm really excited to see what happens, but I don't really care about the movie. I'm th- I cannot wait to see what hilarious monster Toho comes up with. I hope Don Fry returns. Yeah, the odds are probably not great, but uh, Don Fry is actually he's in a new movie coming out soon. I just saw a thing for yeah, it. Godzilla 2016. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? This one this could be the Godzilla movie that 
that is fun. Like, I wanted uh, this year's Godzilla to be, like, the heavier, like, more more dramatic movie. And it kind of was, but didn't quite get there. But this could be the one that's, like, full tilt, like, fun. Like, Godzilla smushing buildings over. I think that's probably a good counterbalance for them to have. I think if the Toho stuff is the sillier rubber suit, over-the-top B-movie... Get together with a bunch of friends. It could and watch. be a blast. It could be a lot of fun, and then Gareth Edwards, yes, yeah, uh, can go ahead and make the, you know, a little more. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. That's in 2018. Yeah, yeah. You think he's gonna make a Star Wars yeah, movie gonna, first? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's cool that Legendary's waiting for him. I think that's kind of like that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So. But it's gonna take four years to render my King Ghidorah and <laughs> Oh my CGI. god, I can't wait. Anyway, okay, we, we, we gotta move on here because I, I will talk Ghidorah all day. Um, <laughs> it would not be an episode of the Midwest Film Nerds podcast without uh, Marvel casting news. Uh, it wouldn't be a week without Marvel casting news. That's true. That's true. Um, we have some some. Big ones and some maybe small, smaller ones. Um, A.K.A. Jessica Jones, which is the second in the Marvel uh, Netflix series that are coming out after Daredevil. And they said it'll be 2015 that this will drop, uh, okay. Jessica Jones. Uh, Kristen Ritter has been cast as Jessica Jones on the show. Um, and then we have a pretty heavy rumor that kind of came attached to the Kristen Ritter casting. It's uh, Mike Coulter, who I'm not that familiar with, as Luke Cage, who plays a very big part in Jessica Jones' story. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about Kristen Ritter? I don't know. We don't think we've ever talked about her on the podcast. Thumbs I, up from Nick. I like her. I, I've really only seen her from uh, Breaking Bad as, as Jane, and I think she was awesome in that. Cool. So, I, I know nothing about Jessica Jones, really, so I can't marry the two and bring forth any useful okay. she, postulation. But. She doesn't look, I mean, like, doesn't, I don't, she doesn't scream Jessica Jones from a look standpoint, but I think she's a great actress, and I think she's cool. Yeah. She's kind of got, she's very, very interesting, interesting looking actress. I don't know how to describe it, but she just has a cool, Yeah, she's got a good face. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> he got a nice face. <laughs> he got a nice face. Uh, and then Mike Coulter, like I said, I don't know him at all. Does anybody else know anything about him? Uh, not that I, not that I know. But he looks like he could be Luke Cage. So there we yeah. go. Um, and of course, the big one would be uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yes. aka ben- Benedict Cumberbatch, was cast as Doctor Stephen Strange. For Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange movie, uh, Nick, I got to jump right to you on this one, man. I'm Hi. excited. How you feeling? I'm excited. Good. Are you? Would you have been more excited with one of the other rumored cast members, or? <clears throat> um, this is one where a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, it's so safe," and I kind of see where they're coming from, but at the same time, I kind of don't. Like he's he's going to be. He, I think he's a, a shoe in for the role. Like I think he's going to be very good. There's nothing I'm doubting that makes it's going to make him. I'm like, oh, I don't know if he'll play the role well. I think it's not super inspired, good. though. Is that what you're? I think it is, because I think he's still kind of up and coming. He's right there where he's ready to just bust through and be like leading man and carry mm-hmm. his own movie like he's obviously going to do now. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just immensely talented, and it's cool to see how much work he's getting and the range of characters he's playing is really intense. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's cool to see that he's going to lead like an A-list superhero, mystical, and I think he's going to be able to hit... I think Strange is a hard character to cast, and I think that... This is that there's really no safe casting for Doctor Strange because he has to shout out like, like a horse of Hoggeth and I yeah exactly <laughs> and Flames of the Faultine yeah. that kind of thing and so casting someone who's going to be able to wrap their tongue around that language is is 
That yes. is difficult. As we all know with his, his pronunciation of penguins. Penguins. <laughs> yes. And and someone who, you know, on top of that has, has a commanding presence and a yeah. look. And if anybody's watched a single episode of Sherlock, you know that when that character walks into a room, everybody turns because he's just got this magnetism. So I, I, I don't think there is a safe cat. Like, oh, what a, bo- what a boring guy to play Doctor Strange. Like, there's, <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting character. So I think that they absolutely did well. I was down for the Joaquin Phoenix because it was so mm. weird, but... <laughs> but no, I'm I'm in 100. I'm excited. I'm glad that one of my favorite, you know, Avengery Marvel characters is getting some awesome treatment. I'm just, the jury's still out on Ant Man. Yeah, we'll I I like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch very much. I think the safe the safe aspect in my mind is that I feel like Sherlock and Strange aren't that far from each other. Strange probably has a little bit more smarm in terms of like personality and, and Sherlock's more Asperger's in in his portrayal at least. And I and I think <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be hard for him to make that transition. And that's kind of why I think it's quote unquote safe. I don't know if I'd use the word safe. But I but I kind of Get the, yes, I, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Safe was like Hugo leaving Red Skull. Yeah. Where safe yeah. implies boring. Yep. Sherlock is definitely Steven's more human underneath than Sherlock. Yeah, right? totally. He's, he's more. He's not even smarmy so much. He's just kind of a dick. He's just <laughs> kind of mean. Yeah. So, so and it would be interesting. As you said, I would have loved the Joaquin. We all know how much I love Joaquin. I also really, really, really wish that somebody, at least somewhere, was looking at Pedro Pascal of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know, I know. Because I think he could have done a sweet job. He would have been just like totally like here's this guy that not a lot of people know, and I think he could have. Knocked it out of the park, but I'm hoping he gets a role somewhere down the line, something bigger for as he's he's definitely got a very magnetic, you know. Oh, he's yeah. I'd sleep with him. <laughs> All right, moving on. And in case it's not clear on the podcast, I do identify as straight. So, <laughs> <laughs> except for when Pedro Pascal is like concerned. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, last thing to talk about today. Uh, the third in kind of the big franchise trailers came out this week. Uh, uh, the first being Jurassic World, and then Star Star Wars, and now we have the new Terminator. It's like mm. a revival all over the place. Yeah. Um, Terminator Genesis. Some would say it's a Genesis. <laughs> I, don't know, um, I don't know who it's it. Um, anyway, but this is the the big big uh, return of Arnie as a Terminator character to the franchise after kind of stepping out for uh, Salvation and, and you know. Anyway, um, <sighs> Salvation. Alright, well we know how you felt about Salvation How'd you feel about the Genesis trailer? Hey, we should do a Terminator retrospective We should Bonus episode All four of them? Totally I'm a thousand percent in And the Sarah Connor Chronicles Right now Thank you guys, it's been a great week I'm gonna go watch all the Terminators (laughs) Uh, We should do that though We should Um, But no, what did you guys think about the trailer? I just, okay It's really interesting I just watched it Just now You guys have no idea what I think about it and this is one of those ones where I will watch this because I love Terminator, but the franchise is so far off the rails, and this press for this movie was so weird that I didn't know how I was really, like, I was like, I don't know if I care to see this movie. So I'm willing to watch the trailer in that case because all it can do is make me want to see the movie at that point. It would do okay. its job. I think it looks really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm pretty down for all of it. And the weird thing about Terminator is it kind of has that built-in... The whole time travel mechanism just makes it so that they can completely screw with any 
potential preconceived notions that you yeah. have about any of it. So I, I buy it. I'll be like, all right, this is an offshoot. And if it ends up being terrible, then I'll be like, well, we never have to visit that timeline. Let's again. create another timeline. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I get that there's weird things going on. And I, and I think we, the, cast, the casting is really, really strange. And we can kind of get into that. But I think um, I'm interested. I'm really interested in what's going to happen. And conversely, if I didn't watch the trailer and sat down in the theater and saw some of what I saw in that trailer, I would have been mind blown. Been like, I didn't. I had no idea this is what this movie was going to be at all. Because I still don't really know what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, we really don't. But Nick, you can you sh- you should share your thoughts. Your thoughts. See, the thing that bothers me about it is. I've always operated under the belief that Terminators 1, 2, 3, and 4 are in one timeline. Yeah. Like, that is that is the way that that has always progressed. And the fact that now they're like, that timeline doesn't exist anymore. There's a new timeline. That really bums me out. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the cool thing about Terminator was that it always was linear, but there was always a paradox and chicken and the egg thing. Like, Some how, sort of branch how did thing. Reese get back if... You know, how, how was John ever born if this, this... Like, all these things had to happen, and I thought that was really fascinating. And now that she rolls up in her mail truck with a shotgun and is like, that timeline doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, well, that sucks. I love that timeline. I love that movie. <laughs> what do you mean? You're just wiping your ass with the first four Terminator movies? Like, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. But, I don't know. Maybe I just need to let it go and, like... I mean, it's not like we'll never, we could, we could, they could be like, hey, you know what, we're going to go back, this is a sequel to Terminator Salvation. The thing, and the thing is, a lot of it feels really stupid. Like, a lot of the lines, like, we can edit, we can stop Judgment Day now. Yeah, fuck you, yeah, right, yeah, you can. Like, <laughs> well, like, you all, all you same people haven't said that 18 times already. <laughs> that's true. I think my thing, you know, stupid, like, <laughs> you can't stop Judgment Day. In all honesty is, I don't want a movie about Sarah Connor or John Connor, or Kyle Reese. I want a movie about John Connor. I don't want a movie about any of those people not anymore. growly, young Christian Bale John Connor. I want the, the Jason Clark. Everything with John Connor in this trailer is awesome. <laughs> and it's the movie I've wanted for like 15 years. And I'm still not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get it for like 20 minutes, and it's going to be so sweet. With my giant machines, and neon lasers, and scarred, ugly John Connor. Yes! That's Terminator. And now... Ugh. <laughs> I'd be down if this movie had uh, the balls to do something in like the like the first act or the second act and like kill Sarah Connor before John Connor's born, and then like Kyle Reese is trapped in the fucking past, and he's like, <laughs> and you know what? If if the alternate ending to Terminator Salvation had been the real ending, that would be totally possible, and yeah. you do whatever you wanted. Because yeah. I know you know. Do you know the alternate ending to yeah. Terminator Salvation? Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. And if they had done that, like, whoa, the potential is. Is yeah, amazing. We should say like it's, spoilers for Terminator Salvation. Technically, kind of not really, but it, the the script got leaked and McGee got pissed, so he changed it around. But apparently, the original ending was that John Connor, uh, when he wakes up from the surgery at the end of the movie, ends up killing everybody in the room. Is that the one you're speaking? No, no, we've talked about this before. What's the only I'm thinking of is that. <clears throat> really quickly, at the end of Terminator Salvation, John Connor gets impaled with a piece of shrapnel, and it's mm-hmm. like a fatal wound. And Marcus, uh, Sam Worthington's character, volunteers his human heart that he still has so that John can live. Mm-hmm. The alternate ending, or, or a rumored ending, I'm not sure what the status of how real the ending was, was that they actually, John Connor dies, they can't save him, and they actually take his like skin 
and put it over Marcus's body. And because they like John Connor needs to be a symbol. So the John Connor that we always knew from like the future, I did air quotes there, um, was actually a Terminator that was like a good guy <laughs> that was John Connor was never really. So really, Reese, John Connor, none of it ever mattered. Yeah. But it needed to happen in order for all the pieces to get to where they were. So it's yeah, kind of sweet. But whatever. We're, we're yeah, watching. anyway. So Terminator, I think we're all kind of all over the map on this one in terms <laughs> of what we think. I texted you guys in the group text right before I saw it, and I said I have the most confused boner, because yeah. some of the shot-for-shot-ness from the first Terminator got me so excited. Uh-huh. Uh, at the same time, I was like, why am I excited about this? Because it's really not a good idea. And also, Jai Courtney is Kyle Reese. I'm sorry, but no. Nah. Yeah. I'm excited for Jai Courtney to be in Suicide Squad, though, because he might actually get to be his native Australian in that movie. That'd be cool. Maybe he can stop being American. <laughs> Poor guy. I just want to be Australian. So bad. <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to move right into our full review of David Ayer's Fury, um, starring Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman, Michael Pena, John Bernthal, Jason Isaacs, a bunch, bunch of cool supporting people as well. And the IMDb synopsis is, in April 1945, as the Allies make their final push in the European theater, a battle-hardened army sergeant named War Daddy commands a Sherman tank and his five-man crew on a deadly mission behind enemy lines. Outnumbered, outgunned, and with a rookie soldier thrust into their platoon, War Daddy and his men face overwhelming odds in their heroic attempts to strike at the heart of Nazi Germany. It actually makes it sound like a very different movie than what it is. A little bit, yeah. It sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, which it's not. So, Nick was really excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, and we were both kind of like, eh. Yeah. Uh, let's let's start with Nick. Nick, did it meet or exceed or fall it's the expectations you had? Uh, I think it met. Absolutely, it met. Uh, I liked it a lot. In some cases, it exceeded. In some cases, it let me down a little bit. But overall, uh, I really enjoyed it. Should I say more? Are we yeah. in, are we in yeah. non spoiler talk time? Yeah, non spoilers. Um, <clears throat> everybody in it is excellent, and I'll say it. It's on. It's on. Going on official record. Shia LaBeouf was really damn good in this movie. Yeah, really good. He was really good. Good job, Shia. That's one. You got one in the W column. <laughs> uh, everybody else was excellent, though. John Bernthal was hilariously just disgusting and, and fun. Pitt, as always, like good job, Brad. Um, he actually won over my girlfriend in this one. She's not a fan. Oh, okay. I've been a big fan of him since I was like a kid. I remember I saw Seven Years in Tibet, and I was probably way too young to see that movie, but I really liked it. That and The Devil's Own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like this guy a lot. And uh, he 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 continues to kind of choose more interesting characters. And he almost he's not getting better at being an actor because I think he's always been really good. But he's he's picking roles that are really cool and, they, and that like suit his age. He's he's picking like these kind of crusty old guys in a lot of these movies now. Yeah, and he's really good at it. Uh, but it's excellently directed. A lot of it is very cool. There's some really neat sequences that are very different. Uh, this movie is probably the second most brutal depiction of war that I've ever seen. Like, this is one that I, I mean, I was sitting in the theater going, oh, whoa, like, uh, dis- some disgusting stuff, and, like, really graphic, and I didn't leave the movie being like, hell yeah, I wish I had been in the army, like, I left the movie with, like, a very, I don't know, meditative state of mind, like, it really made me think about, about the horrors of war, and mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. get me kind of riled up, and it didn't have me waving the American flag going, I'm America! Like, <laughs> the, end, the end of Saving Private Ryan is a little dumb, because you're kind of like, oh, alright, like, it's got, it's got some moments like that, it's a little, a little much, but this movie definitely ends with, a, the, the final shot in particular is, 
very interesting. And I'll have to talk about that. And it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I was like, started laughing at how interesting it was. But I'll have to talk about that later. Um, the only things that kind of let me down, the third act is a little ludicrous. Like a ton of what happens. Mm-hmm. I was like, this don't make no kind of sense. <laughs> like, and, but I'm in, whatever. It turned yeah. into the A-team essentially at the end. <laughs> and uh, crossed with Butch Cassidy. And um, I wanted more tank action. Mm. It's a movie about a tank. I guess it's about the dudes in the tank, but uh, they kept talking about the tank and how the tank was a character, and it was. But I wanted a couple. I wanted. There's one really amazing tank fight scene that's really cool, mm-hmm. and there's one where there's multiple tanks involved in like a in like a charge that was the coolest scene. It was my favorite part of the movie. But um, I could use a little bit more of that because there, there was this big deal in the press about how they had the world's only functioning Tiger One tank. Yeah. The only one in the world that works is the one in the movie, and I was like, cool. And like, I wanted to see some more of that. And yeah. Um, but it's okay. It was it was a good character piece. It had a couple really strong characters. Some of them were a little cartoony. Uh, the middle bogs down a lot. The movie grinds to a screeching halt. Hmm. The tread on the tank explodes, and the movie stops. But <laughs> then it gets then it gets rolling again, and and then it, and then it dies again. But it's um <clears throat> it's good. I, I highly recommend it. I if I mean we're a little late, but. If you can still see it in the theaters and you haven't seen it, see it in the theater by all means because yes. the sound design is nuts. It's so sweet. If and you if you can see it in theaters, real quick, it is out on DVD and Blu-ray next month. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Just so you know. Yeah, but try to see it somewhere with a cool home theater system, or even go to like a, you probably can't see it in D box anymore. But this is one where I would actually go to D box because it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, this is top ten contender for me. All right, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm never really one to be like, hey, I'm gonna watch a war movie. I suppose I haven't been exposed to them anyway. I've never seen Saving Private Ryan. There's a Whoa. lot of, Yeah, I know, I know. It's a Nathan Fillion movie that I haven't seen. Ha, ha, ha. But, um. That's what we should review this week. <laughs> that's a really shitty way to sum up Saving Private Ryan, Alex. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I've never seen it, so I don't know. But, um. Oof. What's next week? Exodus? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, war movies that I haven't seen, and which is surprising because my dad loves Patton and like all kinds of other older war movies. And I've seen War Horse. What? You seen War Horse? I have not seen War Horse. <laughs> but um, no, I like this movie quite a bit, and I kind of disagree with Nick in that. Uh, I think the movie does grind to a halt in the middle, but for some reason, it didn't mess with the pacing for me at all. This felt like a real short two and a half hours, or two, two hours and 15, whatever it actually is. But I think it's a, it overstays its welcome by like, a, like three minutes, maybe. Like, it just needs a little bit trimmed off that middle. That's, but, and but, that's, that's probably, but yeah, but it, like, it really worked for me, and I was still yeah. kind of like... On the edge of my seat for really different reasons in that middle section, no, absolutely, too, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll get into that more in spoiler Terry. I think I think uh, all of the performances, including Logan Lerman, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so perhaps the Logan Lerman. Um, the only thing that I think feels a little bit short shrifted to me is the Logan Lerman arc. I think there's an arc that he goes through, but I don't think they flesh it out as much as they think they did, necessarily. I think he gets from point A to point B, but we miss a lot of the in-between. They, which fast, is, they fast travel a little bit. Which is really weird, seeing as how the movie is as long as it is. But, 
like I said, it felt pretty brisk to me anyway. So it's 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 a kind of a strange paradox, but no. Overall, I think it was awesome. Absolutely brutal. Like there's, you know, I I'm afraid of people that watch this movie and we're like, yeah, yeah, stab that dude in the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I did that a couple times, but it's not going to lie. Probably once or yeah, twice. Yeah. I was like, get him! It was quickly tempered by some of the aftermath. <laughs> but it's I, I think I think it's interesting, and I like the fact that it, that you don't end it chanting USA like the screenings of the right. latest Rambo or like things like that. So I, you know. I did people chant that at the last Rambo? Yeah, they talked about it on the tour. It's amazing. Show. They talked about how at their screening, everybody just stood up and started chanting USA. That's amazing. But, anyway, Willie, your thoughts on Fury? Um, I, I would marry this movie. I'm a big fan. That was fucking awesome. She's ugly, but she's got substance. <laughs> Absolutely. And that goes a long way. Um, it was really good. I, I, it's, I immediately wanted to watch it again as soon as it was over. Which does not happen to me, like... <laughs> Ever. Well, every once in a while. Uh, I have to see a lot. No, not that often, honestly. There's, there's, a, there's really only a handful, like, there's really only a handful of movies where I, like, I, I, like, I, I immediately want to watch this again. Like, even if I, like, pass out falling asleep while I'm watching it, I want to fall asleep watching it because I liked it that much. <laughs> um, I, the performances are great. You guys touched on that. Um, great to see Jason Isaacs again. Just throwing that oh out there. God. Big fan of him. Without and, the uh, blonde wig. Yeah, and from and Boston. With a pretty yeah. sick accent, too. Yeah. Uh, and face scarification, looking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah really why is he not John Connor? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Down. That would be sweet. Um, <laughs> Next one. Yeah, let me try it again. <laughs> Terminator 6, do over. Again. Uh, the Jason Isaacs one. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I really enjoyed this. I thought the, I, I like the score. I you know the score was really was it was it Marco Balsami? I'm not even sure who it was, but it was interesting because it had this it had the kind of usual war sounds that you expect from a movie like this. But then it inserted these kind of um, these really ethereal female vocals in spots yeah. and almost some tribal vocals in some spots that f- would feel very out of place normally, but somehow really fit with the movie. He's done some good ones. Um, and they added into the, I don't know they, they added the flavor of the movie. It, it mixed it up a little bit. It wasn't yeah. all gung ho, and I liked that. Because um, even Saving Private Ryan is a fantastic soundtrack, but there are moments in Saving Private Ryan where it gets a little gung ho, um, and, and th- I'm glad this one was able to avoid that a little bit. Yeah, um, this is easily the best war movie I've seen since Saving Private Ryan. No question there. Um, not that there's been a ton since I don't think, but it's easily war the best. Yeah, Letters from Majima maybe, um, and then uh, Flags of Our Fathers, which was they were both good, but. Um, I want to say that the most important thing about this movie to me is beyond the Logan Lerman arc, which I I can agree that it could be argued that it doesn't quite get where it could go. Um, I think that's partially by design, but I'll get more into that in spoilers. Okay. Um, but the most important thing to me going into this movie and what turned out to be even better than I was hoping is the the camaraderie brotherhood thing mm. with this crew feels totally real and that's hard to do like these movies with this pl- with a platoon of guys on a mission of some sort uh, whether it be a sci-fi movie or a fantasy movie or a period piece 
like, honest to God, I'd say at least half the time they feel forced. Like, there's always yeah. somebody in that cast that feels like the odd man out. Like, uh, even if you watch, like, The Avengers, right, which is, I, I, love, I really, really like that movie, and I love it, it's great. There's, there's like, one or two in there that don't quite feel like they click with the rest of them, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think that, while it didn't detract from the movie for me, it could have made the movie so much better having felt that, that real clicking. Um, You're this, speaking about Tony Stark, right? No, no, oh. I, no. I won't name names. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you think that's a good omen then for Suicide Squad? I do. That's. I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee, but I think that. Um, I think that it's certainly a good sign because Ayer knows how to give proper time, clearly, to these different characters. I mean, Bernthal's character is he particularly deep? I, I wouldn't say so. Not necessarily. But if you really, if you watch the movie and you and you mentally start scratching the layers out the character, there's enough there to really make you interested and want to know more about why he is the way he is. Where does he come from? What part of the country does he live in? Like, was he always this kind of gross? And or the war tournament? There's there's some really the characters were interesting enough, even though they weren't particularly fleshed out in terms of backstory, which I actually kind of appreciated. Um, they were interesting enough to where I wanted to know their backstory. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and I'm I'm glad that they don't really tell you. Um, Shia, oh, Shia was really good. That's too. kind of I think one of the main thrusts of the movie, which we'll have to get into, and in, I think in spoilers. But what you just said, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a it's 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 hard not to compare it to Saving Private Ryan because, like Nick said, these are very brutal, realistic depictions of World War II Germany. And I mean, we weren't there, but I can only imagine it was just as bad, if not a thousand times worse, because it was real. Um, I don't know if you know that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's real. This oh. really happened. Not this movie, but things that oh, are happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that these two can kind of be compared, and I I love that it's it didn't try to be grand in its scope. It's really, really, really. I mean, it's it's claustrophobic at times. Yeah. And it should be because it's about these guys that <laughs> it's their home. The tank, yeah. the thing, the metal. Metal tin can on on tracks is yeah. is yeah. So it's it went a completely different way with a World War II uh, story of brotherhood and camaraderie than that movie did. And thank God it did because I don't think you could do a movie mm-hmm. like Saving Private Ryan and ever hope to make it better than that movie. This one I think is on par with Saving Private Ryan. It's just doing very different things. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I I've loved it. It'll it'll definitely be in my top ten unless some weird surprise comes out of nowhere at, in, at some point in December. So yeah. The Hobbit. <laughs> Exodus. Yeah, sure. Into the Woods. We'll see. Unbroken. It's Unbroken new. does look really good, actually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it could. Yeah. The trailer it, for that is amazing. Yeah. It could, but even if it does. This one could still stick up there. Who knows? Something else could get knocked off. I haven't organized this this thing yet. So, um, anyway, so no, I definitely suggest it. I immediately called my dad when I got home after talking to you. I said, "Dad, you got to watch Fury. You'll love it. <laughs> You'll love it." And he, because he'll, he, yeah, he'll love it. So, maybe we'll have to call him and get his review at some point. <laughs> yeah, and and to Nick's point, I I did kind of watch this thinking about how this guy will be directing Suicide Squad and that. The ensemble does shine through in this, and I think that <laughs> that does bode very well for. An important thing to note that I read is that um, the whole cast went to like boot camp and like training together for like four weeks or something or five weeks, um, and that helps obviously build a repertoire between the guys that can come through on Absolutely. screen. Yeah, same thing they did the same thing with Private Ryan, but Spielberg deliberately excluded Matt Damon. Yeah, so that they would all kind of shun yeah. him. I think that works. I mean, if, yeah. I mean, if you look look at Aliens, 
They did boot camp together, and those yeah. dudes have a weird chemistry. They do. So. I don't know if I see Will Smith and all those guys lining up to go to special weapons training together. So You know, I think if Will Smith can be convinced that his career isn't in the best spot, maybe he'll do it. <laughs> They're all good actors, though. I'm sure they'll, yeah, they'll, make they'll it break happen. it. We'll make it happen. Um, I was going to... Oh God, I wanted to say something before we went into spoiler Terry, but I don't remember what it is. So we're just going to move right on. Behind enemy lines... Into the spoiler territory. <laughs> yeah, let's take the spoiler tank deep into the uh, the enemy's spoiler territory, um, nice. and then we will we'll see you on the other side. All right, uh, welcome to spoiler territory for Fury. Nick, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, a couple things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Unusually, I'm going to talk. This is a podcast, so that's okay. On on which I talk a lot. The movie makes me want to talk a lot. It was my quote from last week. Um, I really loved the ending to this movie. I thought it was really beautiful and really sad that uh, these, these four or five rapscallions that are that we kind of get to know and love throughout the movie despite a lot of their shortcomings and negative things about them that they do this heroic act and they follow their orders and they hold this crossroads for the most part they destroy anything of any worth and and they're they're just that's it discarded exactly yeah and they are just another piece of rubble like they pass so many times this movie there there are so many busted out buildings and tanks and trucks and dead guys everywhere and and you forget I think we all I know I am and I think a lot of us in in, in life especially in modern life are very guilty of not thinking about these people as, as numbers but as people mm. and how many people died in like it, purely in service of country and mm-hmm. like it's it's damn crazy when you watch this movie you really think about it I mean mm-hmm. it's sobering there's this <clears throat> this movie did a way better job I think of making me feel like these I mean as compared to like Private Ryan um, what about compared to Ravenous <laughs> Ravenous is just a gleeful romp <laughs> uh, Ravenous I love and it has probably more satisfying character arc than, than this movie does but uh, <laughs> you know we, we could go into that another time but I, it really for real like there were there were many many times throughout this movie where I was like wow like this is a re- like I felt a bummed out by every death of every side character because you kind of got to realize that all of these people matter. And like in movies like, you know, Star Wars and and, and the fun stuff like that, how many countless yeah. X-Wing and TIE pilots die and you're like, whatever. Well, <laughs> like, it's and just and every, like, every one of those people has a story. Right. Yeah. And especially in Star Wars, I guess they all have action figures even if they even were on screen for a frame. But, um, <laughs> but this movie, I mean, it was very... It was very, very good at painting that picture, and like, and in some really grisly imagery too, like the piece, the scrap of guy's face chilling in the tank. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. But I think the worst was probably the the guy in the road that just was continually being yep. run over. And I, I read that that was based on a real image, and it was linked on Reddit. Um, it was a real famous picture of like that exact. It was almost it was almost the exact same composition and everything, just a body that had been mushed into the mud. Wow. And. Um, all of that was very real and very disturbing, and it and it put me in a weird place because I felt 
a lot of these guys were doing really bad things. Like when they would get to, to villages, they would just like seize women and, and do what they wanted with them. And it was pillage and plunder. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, obviously, it's not right, and it wasn't right. But it uh, it you kind of were like, God, these guys. What can these guys' brains be like? Like the the fact that this is the stuff they see all the time. And Logan Lerman was a really interesting foil to them, especially during the scene when Brad Pitt wanted him to shoot the guy. Mm-hmm. It was a really good scene. Yeah, him and Bernthal's confrontation too. Just after the bombs drop, yeah, the and the bomb dropping was pretty stupid. I thought. I mean, the bomb dropping was fine, but the fact that like just barely covered under bricks was his death. Yeah, it was very conveniently. Yes, it was a little just lucky. Impregnated. Like I was like, okay, that was like, lucky. this is really stupid. I think a hand poking out would have been enough to make that. I think just the building destroyed yeah, would have been no, fine. No. Like, and or maybe even it would have been almost sadder for me if they had just. If no bomb had dropped and they had just... That was it. They never saw each other yeah. again. Like, there there was some... I was looking forward to that, actually. I was like, there's some really sad beauty to this interaction. It was a mm-hmm. beautiful scene, like, overall. Like, the, especially the way it's set up to make it like, seem like we cast Brad Pitt as the rapey captain of the yep. tank. And then, yep. and then instead he was a nice guy. And I was like, that's nice. And the way he treated, you know, he treated them with some respect and got pissed at his soldiers when they showed up drunk. And it did have... The scene was had some very good elements, but it... It wasn't a scene. It was like an act. It was so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would have appreciated a little cut outside and then come back. But uh, it, I don't know. But it was good. But the um, that ending, that final shot, the way that the troops were literally just going around the tank and like, oh, there's another busted-ass tank, whatever, Yeah, was very interesting it's, and, and it's, very sad. To well, think. that shot of the tank is super haunting at the end because it, it looks like a coffin. <laughs> it looks like a... Like a tomb, like and you just yeah. like, good God! There are four dead men that are gonna rot away inside that husk of metal that they called. And it, it made me scary think, and gross. And it made me think about the logistics of what happened when the war was over, and like the cleanup, the cleanup of of these countries where war goes on. It must take there, decades. Like, yeah. There might still be tanks chilling in yeah, the forest for sure. Like, it's, it's incredible. The, well, do I, I know you? You mentioned something earlier that I think I had glanced at at IMDb, did you see the one piece of trivia that was like, in reality, they would have just repainted the inside of that tank and and serviced it and gotten it back on the road as soon as they ran into it? Uh, Who, the U.S. Army? Yeah. They wouldn't have... Like that, that, the battalion... Oh, yeah. But that... There were... were, (laughs) If we're going to get it in reality, there's a lot wrong with this movie. Well, yeah, no, but but I, I, I brought that up to your point of like, them being treated as numbers, almost like... They're going to throw these bodies out of there, paint over the blood on the wall, and then get yeah. four more people in there. No, that's and, interesting. Yeah. Because the tank was, I think, for the most part intact. I mean, it had a hole blown in the side where Bernthal uh, bit it, and then the tread was busted. But, yeah, I think but the tread was overall, the I mean, so they'd be able to do something still to functioning. It. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe when a, some sort of crew that goes by that actually is knows probably. what they're doing, they probably would toss the bodies out and yeah. patch it up. Probably yank their dog tags off at the very least, but that'd be about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Logan, how'd you guys feel about Logan Lerman living? Uh, you know, it, on one hand, it, it's... On one hand, I like it. On the other hand, I don't. I, I like... I. Normally, I would hate that. I'd be like, seriously? Come on. Like, oh, he gets away in the escape patch and... Pl- but it was worth it for the scene of the young German guy staring at him, to me. <laughs> because there's a whole story for that German kid that you don't see. And who knows what kind of awesome parallels he could have gone on that Logan Lerman went on. Really fresh-faced young guys who probably want, who clearly want no, no part in this. 
And it, it's very interesting. It's it's almost like they look at each other and there's a little bit of like understanding. Yeah, like uh, like you're just a kid too. Fuck it. Like good luck. It was weird. It was a weird moment and I'm still not I'm still not sure. How I felt yeah. About no, and that's yeah. understandable. It that's, is it is a, it's it feels kind of it feels kind of um dishonest in a way. And I think you kind of felt that way right away and then Yeah, cuz it it is it I do feel conflicted about it. It's very much one of those things where it's just kind of like Number one, Logan Lerman, learn to play dead. Like, you feel a light shining on you, don't pop your eyes open, put your hands up, and be like, oh, like a raccoon by the trash can. <laughs> yeah. I would have grabbed some. No, bur- please don't! <laughs> I would have grabbed some Burnthal guts and, like, thrown them on myself that, or something. Well, like yeah, that. and, that, like, if that, yeah, if he would have considered that, that would probably Burnthal be, like, the, the most <laughs> effective way. But, but then on top of that, like, I, I was, like, that's all, I, I think that. Soldier would have just murdered him immediately. But I do like the idea that maybe there is this kind of mutual understanding of, like, I've done my damage. There's no reason that I need to die here. It's it's really, it, it's really, really, really damn weird. It's just weird. It's, and there's, yeah. it's very, it's very unmotivated to me. Like, it, it didn't make any sense, especially considering that it was an SS battalion. These are, like, the hardest yeah, of the hardcore. That's, that's the most unbelievable part about it. Like, if it was, like, normal German army, yeah, probably or teenager. Or just, like, a clean-up yeah. squad. Yeah. But in the I mean, Like, yeah, those SS yeah. guys, they would have put four flamethrowers on it under each side of that tank, and they would have roasted them alive, and they would have loved it. <laughs> like, I, but, I agree more with Brad Pitt's assessment. They're going to kill you, <laughs> and it's not going to be good. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, in the same way that the kid, the, the kid was with the SS, I mean... You don't know what you're gonna do to somebody until you actually get out there and have to point the pull. You know, point maybe the gun. it was maybe that was his. And his we're talking third later day. days. We're talking later days of the war when they were kind of recruiting it's anybody. True. So yeah. it's true. Well, I, I, I'm not saying it's not, look. I'm not gonna apologize for it because it, it does. The, I'm I'm on the fence about it too. I'm leaning more towards actually being okay with it. I think, but um, I, I'm I'm more okay with it because I read someone's thoughts on Reddit and they said it. Is very. They said the the irony for the fact that the only the only act of mercy in the entire movie is by a German soldier is pretty intense. And they mm-hmm. said that it helped close off Logan Lerman's arc that he had turned into the machine and was now okay with just murdering hordes of guys. And then he kind of saw a, a mirror a mirror image of himself. If Logan Lerman had had the the ability to sell that a little more, at that point, mm. I think I would have liked it a lot more. If mm. he had been like, if he had broken down into tears or something at the realization that someone spared him, instead he just kind of like laid down and fell asleep. I was like, okay, you're probably exhausted. But I think if there had been a little bit more Some there, to, in there yeah. and, and the one line that almost got it was when the American soldier said, "You're a hero, pal. You're a hero. Good job." And like they pat him on the back, and he's going to get a medal, and he's going to go home, and he's going to be fine. He's been in the army for four four days, and he's not really, but. Yeah. He gets to leave, and then like the, there are four more heroes in that tank, and they're just like yeah, you're like left in the road, okay. yeah, like a horse turd. It's like that <laughs> that that helped a little bit, but I kind of wanted a bigger reaction from him at the end. Instead, was looking out the window, I, I half expected a damn voiceover to kick in, and he'd be like, "I never rode in a tank again after that day." <laughs> like, he got a little <laughs> stupid. I was like, "This is a little stupid." He thought yeah. old Logan Lerman was going to show up, and <laughs> you know, really, but in the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um. One thing I wanted to say real quick in regards to Logan Lerman's his character's uh, arc in the movie, I thought, and this guy could be totally wrong, David Ayer, if you're listening to this by some strange, you know, for some strange reason, you know, let us know. Um, I thought it was more about less about his journey and more about as a viewer seeing what the the reinjection of innocence 
on the battlefield does to these guys. He's kind of, to me, he's kind of a tool in the story to view these other guys. It's almost about the other guys' reactions to him. Yeah. I think, in a lot of ways, than about his journey. I mean, it's, it is about his journey, too, but it's that's a big part of it, too, I think, is, is how does this... I think, in a lot of ways... Pitt's character doesn't want him coming along because he doesn't. He knows the kind of he damage he, he can do. To break him. Yeah, I think he knows the kind of like. Uh, Brad Pitt's clearly a hardened guy at this point, and the rest of the guys are too, to a fault maybe. And and I think Brad Pitt's just as scared about him screwing up as he is about him causing the other guys to go soft. Softening them. And you see that even in even Burnthal in that one scene, which, once again, could have come off as totally schmaltzy and corny, but it, it works, because the, the Burnthal's great in this movie. Um, when he says, like, I think you're a good guy, I just yeah, don't think we are. Because I think that, you know, once he came to his senses, I think he's like, damn, this kid's like, <clears throat> looks like he's 15. You know, I don't know. It just... There's an interesting... There's, I want to watch it again because I think the, the characters' reactions to him and the change in the dynamics when, when Logan Lerman becomes part of the crew are very interesting. And I almost wonder if Pitt's character would have made the decision he made to stay there if it wasn't for meeting Logan Lerman's character. I wonder if that has something to do with it. But you know, It's hard to say. It's a very... Everything about that point of beyond is very weird and questionable. And I... I understand the, you know, we've been given our orders, we got to follow them, but it, you know, I was, I read a lot about this movie on Reddit, which was very, very cool, that it made me want to read a lot of people's reactions. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people, some of whom I presume have military background, and, and some who maybe just say they do, but they don't, it's hard to tell. Yeah. But um, that disclaimer aside, there are a lot of people going, no, no commander would ever willingly lead his guys on a straight up suicide, mi- sitting duck suicide mission if he didn't have to. Like, the crossroads was, you know, there are a lot of things they could have done. They could have laid mines and, and whatever they had to disable the vehicles and then still got, like, they were, like, there were many options aside from just die in the tank. And there were a lot of nonsensical things about, the. it was a movie that uh, was very realistic, it felt like, for a lot of it. And a lot of people online are chiming in about, like, former former tank people and people whose grandpas drove tanks and that kind of thing, and they there was one guy who said he took his dad to see it. He was a, a tank commander in, um, I don't remember what war, Gulf War or something. And he asked him, was that pretty realistic? He goes, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it's like. It's smelly, it's hot, it's noisy, and they're your best friends. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, a lot of people seem to like it, but there were a lot of things that seemed to be really... A lot of dunderheaded decisions in the third act that were really weird. Like, oh shit, we ran over a mine. Everyone jump off and like, let's go look let's around. Go around. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it does feel like that kind of... Um, like that military kind of fable that you almost hear about. Like that kind of thing. Like That it, last stand of the... Yeah, like yeah, it, it could totally be... Like if it, if it were actually based on a real person, if like War Daddy was an actual figure, like it could be one of those things where this was that one... That one tank that... Well, that and someone and someone decided. did... Somebody did bring up Audie Murphy, and I was like, damn it, they pulled the Audie Murphy card, <laughs> who won one of his Medal of Honors by doing literally that. He was at a mounted 50 cal, and he by himself, and held off like 300 Germans for like two days <laughs> by himself. And did it. It's 100% real. That's amazing. And, and I was like, well, there you go. I guess there are some knuckleheads out there that will do yeah. that kind of shit, and... And you know what? And and maybe this just reinforces the whole point of the movie to my to my eyes that or in my eyes that 
there are these hundreds, thousands of unnamed guys that did these kind of crazy sacrifices all the time in in the effort of the greater good. And a lot of them we'll never know about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's really beautiful. I think that I mean that's personally what I took away from the movie was that was kind of the point. I it wasn't even so much like you said, Willie, about Logan Lerman or his his arc and like the way war destroys innocent men. I mean, like we've heard that tale before, but mm-hmm. I think the idea that that all there are all these people that gave you know the ultimate uh, sacrifice in order for for something bigger to happen mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they know it too i mean i think especially pitt's character he even says he's like uh, he has there are so many great lines in this movie and great scenes in the part where he talks about i started out i was killing germans in africa then i was killing germans in this country now i'm killing germans in germany this thing's we're almost there like mm-hmm. we're pushing it back and he was willing to to lay his life down to like see it get that much further so it was uh it was cool, and I guess it was nice they didn't take the route of, like, incompetent commands sent them here, and, like, they have to make the best of it. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, let's... What are you gonna do? Also, the, uh... I would be bummed out if I didn't mention that you think Hitler would fuck any of us for a chocolate bar yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. And then they stop for a minute, and then they all and start, they start laughing. laughing again. Yeah, I was like, that's top three lines of the year. Sure. <laughs> that felt really legitimate. Even just me. John Bird, she'll fuck you for a chocolate bar. No, she won't. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, just, hell, she'll fuck you for a cigarette, or a pack of cigarettes. And he's like, you, you only need like three or four. That'll do it. <laughs> it <was> so funny. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. I'll never look at John Bird all the same. He was no, great. he's super good. His teeth are so gross, oh, too. Oh, I know. A lot of gross teeth in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, anybody else got anything you want to say before we uh, bid adieu to, to Fury? No, I think there's... Uh, we could probably still talk about this. I'm sure. Long, but I think, I think we... Does it make you want to see more war movies now, Alex? Or? I think I'd be down. It's it's difficult for me because when I watch more movies, and it's easy for me to be like... Uh, it puts a very different shade over my eyes in terms of like the world and how things work. I lose a lot of hope in humanity when it comes to war in the first place. So I think that's probably why I'm not like... I'll sit down and watch Saving Private Ryan today. I think it'd be good to challenge yourself with that, though. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of a... That movie is... Because, yeah, there's... there's I'll have to make a little list for you, because there's a few really good ones. That I no, I think, and I think there's a lot... Like, it's it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I, Saving Private Ryan's probably not as good as everybody says. I <laughs> fully acknowledge that it's probably fantastic. It's just one of those things where it's... Even though I'm willing to sit down and play Metal Gear Solid or something like that, I it's hard for me to to face quote unquote very, face very the realities beast. of war. This movie is like like I said at the very onset is a particularly striking example. Like yeah. the only movie I can think of that maybe bothered me more more was the Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. and that largely because it deals with because it was in Viet. Uh, in uh, Pacific, in Pacific yeah, theater, and it, and a lot of it deals with incompetent command and just throwing soldiers mm-hmm. at things that it really makes you feel pretty bleak. Yeah. Even oddly enough, Forrest Gump, a lot of the Vietnam there's some there's some rough stuff in that really too. Disturbing. Yeah. Well, and I, one of the things about, that I that I one of the memories that I have of Saving Private Ryan is that I know that when my parents first rented it. I think my mom started crying in like the first scene, and oh, I yeah. think she didn't bother watching the rest of them. The first scene is insane. it's hard to watch. The, the yeah. opening scene in that movie is 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 hard to watch. We could just cut it with afterwards. We could watch Kelly's Heroes or something. A fun <laughs> embrace. A, a fun romp through World War Two. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. Um, that's all for this episode. 
Um, once again, please send us some feedback for next week. We'd love to uh, hear from you and, and hear uh, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So um, you can do that by emailing us, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Um, you can also send us feedback on Facebook or at Facebook.com slash podcast. Or you can call us. We can hear your lovely voice. Just 248-733-5MFN. That is 248-733-5636. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. And don't forget to check out MidwestFilmNerds.com for all past episodes with show notes. Um, that does it for us this week. Next week is Exodus. Uh, yeah, it comes Exodus. out. Exodus. <laughs> Whitewashing. <laughs> I, I did want to say real quick, there's a real possibility that soon we will have a pilot for the Midwest Game Nerds podcast that may or may not be coming out. I don't know how it's going to be released yet. I might put it in this feed and we can see how people feel about it. But um, that'll be from a different crew than those of us in this room, and I'm excited about it. And, you might recognize uh, some people, though. You may or may not recognize some of the cast of characters, um, but yeah, I, if, if you're interested, stick tuned. Uh, let me know what you think uh, when you do finally hear it, and uh, yeah, that's all Sick. I know. Sick. Mm-hmm. They got to come up with something as awesome as Kyle XY, go watch a movie. as awesome as Kyle XY go watch a movie it'll happen at some point it, yeah you should have just ended the episode right there <laughs> so I, I still can do it <laughs> alright <sighs> bye <laughs>